The parent revolution that began here in Virginia is continuing across the country, even in blue state power centers like San Francisco, where we saw headlines about school board members losing their seats after ignoring parents one too many times. But what happens when one of the parental rights revolutionaries joins the local school board? We're gonna find out today. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our special guest, Sherry Story, a member of the Suffolk City School Board. Well, welcome, Sherry. We're thrilled to have you with us today, and we are looking forward to hearing your story. I just realized that your last name is Story, so literally we're going to hear your story. But before we begin, I just want to start off with something a little bit fun. Now, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of what is called creative disruptors to the marketplace. In other words, when an inventor comes along and introduces something totally out of the box that completely changes, you know, the whole landscape and forces a lot of other people in the marketplace to make adjustments, just kind of changes how everything else is run. Um, You know, just think of Uber. Uber would, would be a good example of that. And Sherry, from what I've heard so far about your efforts to reform what's going on on the local school board, I would definitely call you the Uber of the school board system right now. And so in honor of that, I've got a little quiz here. I've got a list of kind of the top 10 marketplace disruptors, like an Uber kind of thing. So we're just going to try and play a little quiz game here. And I want to invite our producer, Catherine, (laughs) to jump in because I already know what's on the list. So it really wouldn't be fair for me to compete. So if the two of you guys can try to compete and just throw out some guesses, I've got 10 names here, just either kind of products or, you know, brand names of creative disruptors in the marketplace. Okay. All right. Who wants to take the first shot? I'll try. Okay. Go for it. Um, So just throw out a name to start with. And then if y'all don't get in some, I'll just give hints. Thanks. So I'm looking for a name of a disruptor. Yeah, right. Like marketplace. Like marketplace. Like Uber. Think Uber type of thing. Um, well, Amazon. Perfect. Very good. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> all right, Catherine, you're behind. <laughs> Maybe I should be keeping a little score. Um, all right. You want to try for one on here? Amway. Amway's a good thought. Well, that's going a little. I'm I'm a little more modern. Okay. <laughs> Sport okay. clips. All right. Wow. Good. Okay. Let me give a hint. Um, something that disrupted the video industry. YouTube. Netflix. Perfect. Oh. And I saw, I think I saw that Netflix is one of the only companies kind of standing up to China right now. So. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's interesting. That's surprising. How about (laughs) cryptocurrency? Wow, you are bringing it, Sherry. (laughs) Tesla. (laughs) That's on my, yeah. Yes, definitely the electric car thing. Okay, one more. Um. How about military tactics, military? Well, the space, the new um, space part of our military, there's a new yeah. going to space kind of um, branch of the military, right? Can you, yeah. Can you yeah. think of something, Catherine, military, like tools, new tools that kind of... Drums. Humvee? Yes. <laughs> drums. All right. Drums. 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 That All makes right. a lot more ding, sense ding, than ding. drums. All right. We'll go ahead. I I think um, Sherry pretty much stomped you. I'm sorry to say that. That's okay. I I had no hope coming in here. <laughs> Technically, as the younger generation, I th- I think I don't know. I think maybe you should have won. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to say to? The- well, all of those things 
because they're modern, are not disruptors to me. I wasn't used to taxis to, to for Uber. Yeah. Netflix has been around since I was a kid. I mean, of course, at first it was mail-in, but, okay. you know. That is it, a fair defense. Even though you as the younger person picked the oldest thing, Amway. I was just trying to think about, that's because I'm from Michigan. <laughs> and right. we were built on Amway. She's good at defending herself, isn't she? She had some fair ones yeah, there. Yeah, right. that's fair. She had some fair defenses. All right. Well, getting into the serious stuff today. First, I just want to introduce you, Sherry, a little bit more to our audience. You're a proud mom and a grandmother, and you're in your fourth year as a Suffolk City School Board member. And in fact, education kind of runs in your family blood, right? It does. I am married to a professor, uh, J. Lyle Story. He's a professor of New Testament theology at Regent. And so in our household, education is a big thing, and teaching, pedagogy, all that's part of our household, um, talking and just sharing back and forth. Your mom was a teacher, and you were a teacher. Yes. I was a teacher for 25 years, and my mom for 40 years. So education has always been a big part of our family. And you spent a big part of your teaching in the Suffolk City I did. Right. In the Suffolk City schools, I taught yeah. at Kings Park High School, and I taught the IB and AP biology classes there. Now, we got to mention, you just told me that you have 13 grandkids. I it? do have 13 grandchildren. That's pretty impressive. I know, ranging from ages to 16 to about two, and um, they're wonderful. They're all located here on the East Coast, so we're blessed, all within about five hours of us. So we had an interruption with COVID, and we miss seeing them as much as we have in the past, but we're getting back on track. All right. Well, tell us what motivated you to run for school board. So as a teacher, I just felt that there were a lot of uh, communication gaps between what the school board knew was going on in schools and what was actually happening, um, the communication to teachers, and then especially to parents. I felt very disconnected um, from parents as a teacher. I never saw the parental interaction that I would have liked to have seen at the school board level. So I just wanted to sort of get to know all about that. And finances was a big part of it. Where were finances? um, Why were they not filtering down into the classroom? So I decided to run for school board when I retired. So I retired in May and I was on the school board the following uh, January. Wow. Now you were telling me as a teacher, you ran into the problem of not having enough resources in the classroom? Like, is that kind of what first got you thinking? Where's it, all this money it going? Did. It is. You know, I saw millions of dollars um, that were passed from the city down to the schools, but yet it seemed that classrooms were always short money. And it's a mystery of why the classrooms are not fully funded when the budget is fully funded. Yeah. So that's a disconnect. And what were you and other teachers you know having to do to make up for that? Well, we end up spending our own money. Um, And if you're in a resource area like STEM or art, uh, the sciences, you end up spending quite a bit of your own money. Um, I, I know elementary school teachers do as well. So there's this real disconnect And I think parents, they pay a lot of taxes, and then they end up supplying all these supplies to the classroom as well. Teachers are always asking. So it was a problem to me, and I wanted to run for school board and just try to see what was all going on there. Now, what kind of flipped that switch in your head to go from teacher for 25 years to I'm going to actually get on the board? (laughs) Like, what kind of flipped that switch in your mind? I think it was just seeing that the same people were on the board year after year after year. It had just become a kind of a dinosaur repetition. 
And I felt that some new blood was needed. And so that's really what made me run. And I ran on transparency. I ran on accountability for something new. All right. So fast forward, how did you actually set about trying to accomplish more transparency, more accountability? Well, the biggest thing is <laughs> I ended up going a route I did not know I was going to travel. It was a new road. And the fact that I realized that many of our meetings seemed to be closed and not open. And that introduced me to FOIA. And that's where I became the disruptor and the rebel, I guess, is... Which is Freedom of Information Act. Correct. The Freedom of Information Act. I felt that there were meetings going on that even I as a board member did not know about, let alone parents. And this is public. And so being a public school system, I felt that they should all be open and very transparent. And when you're transparent, then you're held to accountability. So that sort of started me on this road of um, looking at the FOIA law and realizing that the open meeting portion of that law, we were having a problem maintaining um, what the law required. Yeah. And we've seen this open meeting issue. I think there's a lawsuit right now in Loudoun for them violating, um, saying that they're violating the open meetings. Yes, there is. Um, Albemarle, I know the parents have been very frustrated because most of their meetings, if not all, were happening virtually and they have this very selective system on who actually got to testify <laughs> online. It's yes. kind of like the Wizard of Oz uh, behind the curtain and who get, you know, deciding in some mysterious way who's speaking to the board. Um, so I know parents around the state have been hugely frustrated with that. Um, but you really took aggressive action to change that. So you were explaining you filed this Freedom of Information Act, which I found was interesting because I thought Freedom of Information Acts were primarily or only for, you know, paper records or email right, records. Right. But you were explaining to me you can file a Freedom of Information Act to have the meetings opened up. Right? Yes. So the Freedom of Information Act requires all meetings to be open. And there are exceptions. The act actually just gives the exceptions. Otherwise, it wants all meetings open. And so that's where I started. I realized that we were having some meetings that were not open and not transparent to the public. So I filed a lawsuit against my own school board. Wow. So you filed a Freedom of Information Act and a lawsuit against your own school board, though you were part of the school board. Yes, it was awkward. <laughs> and um, it's been awkward ever since. Um, that's sort of an understatement. But yeah. yes, I have filed two of them, as a matter of fact. Um, when they don't comply with all the exceptions and they don't comply with the requirements of open meetings. So did so they did they resist the FOIAs and then you had to file a lawsuit? Is that why well, the lawsuit come into play? So it's mostly just um, I communicated to them several times that I felt we weren't um, following the open meeting rules. And then I got such resistance that I felt the only way that I could have them comply was to file a FOIA lawsuit. So you have had a little bit of a victory so far with the lawsuits, right? I have. Um, I've won at the circuit court level. And then uh, one, they decided not to uh, follow through, um, but did award me my fees, uh, which is part of a FOIA claim lawsuit. And the other one, the very first one, they decided to appeal parts of it. And on the open meeting part, um, I won on that one again. So does that mean they had to go back and have an open meeting? Or are we still waiting for that? <laughs> no, it just is more forward looking. Yes. And so don't do this behavior again because it is a violation. And so it looks forward and tells a board or a public entity in the future, you must comply with the regulations for an open meeting. 
That's, then, that's awesome, Sherry. Yeah. So you've made a permanent difference yes. um, through your willingness to be bold, stir things up a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, wow. Now, you're also, you didn't stop there. Um, you're also involved in a recall effort? Um, well, I'm not personally, but that got the parents interested okay. because a lot of money was spent um, defending what really they should have been doing in the beginning. Yeah. And so in order to defend it, they've had to pay lawyer fees on their end. But then they've, when I win and have a substantial win, then they have to pay my lawyer fees as well. Yeah. So there's been a lot of money spent and diverted from what should be gone, going towards students Again, and classrooms. teachers and classrooms, <laughs> yeah. which is why I got on. And so um, that is the basis of our recall um, that's going on in Suffolk, okay. is that they have not followed the laws, and then they have spent all this money. And um, I know the parents that have picked this up feel that that is a malfeasance of their job and that they haven't you know, been responsible to follow a law that we're responsible when we are elected. We have to read this law. We should know it. And you said even you even you were kept out of some meetings or there were meetings going on that you didn't know about How yes that i know it does happen so you know for my second one i arrived at a meeting and you know there were all, some new regulations one was i had to give up my phone and all sorts of crazy things trying to basically curtail me from getting information out getting there. information out there exactly yeah. and so that was one of them as well and so wow. well I think the recall mention is interesting because we that has been a trend um, really around the country you could say starting here at Loudon when mm-hmm. uh, school officials actually were bold enough to dox or shame parents through social media. I know they've right. recalled in Loudon County or the, um, they had a recall effort and then at least one school board has resigned as part of that and there's still ongoing efforts. Uh, but then in San Francisco, I mean, we had these parents there do a recall. Um, you know, this is one of the most liberal parts of the country where you just right. think wokeness is accepted, hands down, no resistance. Right. But the parents got pretty fed up because these school board members, you know, well, the kids weren't in school. You know, yes. they, they weren't letting them back in school. And what are they spending their time on? They're spending their time on we're going to do this woke stuff of renaming like 40 different schools. And I think I think there was a school named after Abraham Lincoln that they adjusted. So these parents that you would think would be used to that kind of stuff said, that's enough. You need to prioritize our kids. Um, And so uh, there was like an uh, 80% turnout or vote. I think think it was 80% among the community voters that pretty much showed three of those board members at the door. So this is a trend going around the country. And I, and I just think you're a part of what we are seeing here with this revolution. It is a revolution because school boards got used to doing something the same way all the time and no one was watching. No one was watching. And I think this brought awareness when I brought the lawsuits, it brought awareness to parents. And then, of course, the kids being home and watching um, classrooms online, that brought awareness and the curriculum. So parents have had a big wake-up call of what's been going on. Just like the parents were shamed, I'm shamed on my board. I've been called all sorts of names. Um, you know, I've been called racist by my fellow peers. Um, they put everything out. Any way they can shame me, they try to do it. But you have to stay strong. And um, parents, too, need to stay strong because it's making a difference. And kids have had two years of really um, a small portion of what they should have gotten in terms of education. And so they are behind, and we need active 
parental involvement to make sure that's that accountability factor to make sure that schools are teaching the basics, the core classes and the basics well, especially in elementary education. And that's where we can't have the woke coming in. That's where we can't have um, social emotional learning classes that end up taking up, you know, an hour and a half of the day because then you don't get to those core classes. And that's part of the the sidetrackedness that woke brought in. Yeah, well said. I think I made up that word, sidetrackedness. <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. Well, as if you weren't already breaking the mold, you also decided to do something else new this year, and that is work as a lobbyist for the Family Foundation for this year's General Assembly. What motivated you to jump into that? I was very excited because, first of all, it was an exciting time um, when uh, the governor won who did, and I knew that education, I was hoping, would um, take a different turn. And then I saw from your newsletter, of which I received regularly, um, that there was a position open to lobby. And I felt that I might like to look into that. So I applied. And you've <laughs> never done that before. Like, had, no. I mean, had you even come up to the Capitol and talked no, to <laughs> I didn't know in my way around here at all. I admit I had visited maybe once when I first came to Virginia, but no, I had not been around. So it was very new to me. And um, I've learned a lot. It's been great. Now, I just want to clarify real quick. A lot of times people hear the word lobbyist and they have an immediate negative connotation. But here at the Family Foundation, we look at that a little differently because we know there are already hundreds of lobbyists already up here at the Capitol for the teachers unions, for Planned Parenthood, marijuana, gambling, you name it. They're speaking for everything but parent voices most of the time, everything but the lives of unborn babies or pastors and their religious freedoms and so on. So our policy team really tries to counteract that huge imbalance by acting as a voice for the family. And we brought you on to help with that. I am. I'm here to follow. I was hired to follow the education bills. And I think that was a really wise move on the family part because many of them affect families. And I really uh, lobbied strong and I spoke and I testified for parents to be able to see sexually explicit materials before they go out to the students and to give their okay. Um, A big part of that is like when a child is exposed. And I think parents need that right to know and decide when they should be exposed. And now this sexually explicit materials includes some pretty graphic pictures. And I think it's more important than ever that parents are able to um, see that and decide for themselves before their children see it. What was it like when you testified for the first time? (laughs) You know, I was a little nervous, but I just kept smiling at them all, (laughs) even though I knew when I was at a was in a Senate education committee and it was the majority were Democrats. I just kept smiling. (laughs) But I really tried to passionately have them think as a grandparent or um, a parent that, you know, was concerned about this. And it doesn't stop anyone else from seeing this material. It just gives the parents the right to opt out. And so I tried to appeal to that. All right. Well, let's kind of wrap up here with some advice that you could give parents for how to engage, because you have a really unique perspective as a board member 
And also, you know, having been in the state capitol speaking for parents, right? Um, just how can parents make a difference with their school board? I think parents can be most affected by coming to school board meetings. Just your attendance makes a difference. When I see many people attending, it makes a difference. I realize that what I say is I must be very accountable for what I say. I like it when my borough attends because then I can see them and I know that they're engaged. I also believe that you should call and that you should email them. I would like to see more parents um, write short editorials or opinion pieces in the local newspapers. I think that's important as well. What would your advice be to parents that might be a little intimidated by that, by the idea of writing a little piece? Right. I th- do it as a group. Um, form a group. Uh, you could use a Bible study group or a group that gets together for something else and then put together, write a piece and all sign it. Um, and then everyone has a part in it and it, you don't have to stand out totally alone. Um, I, I think those kind of group things are very impactful and I don't see them very often. Yeah. Well, so when they do happen, they make a huge difference they on the do. school board members because they're so do. rare. Right. So rare. You know, you get a letter that's got 20 signatures on it. You know that some effort has gotten into that and it makes a difference. Yeah. All right. I know you said you have a new mission in life now after all these experiences and that's um, <laughs> that you really want to be involved in training people that could run for school board. I would like to see more training um, for people that are running for school board, especially with conservative values. That is missing. And I think the Family Foundation could play a, a very unique role in helping candidates um, prepare to be a school board member. And I would love to be involved in that kind of work. Well, we do have a candidate training coming up that the Family Foundation is doing that would be excellent for people listening to this. If you're interested in being a candidate or you know someone who is, and it's not just for school board candidates, it's it's for any kind of um, candidate, mm-hmm. uh, state candidate mm-hmm. um, office that you'd be interested in running for. Um, but it's on March 25th and 26th, and you can register for it at familyfoundation.org slash candidate. That's familyfoundation.org slash candidate. But I just want to emphasize, um, Sherry, that school board members, they're kind of where it's at right now culturally. They it's, are. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of a such such a time as this moment. I mean, if school board members also have a good chance of going up to higher offices, right? Yes, so, yes. Um, what are your thoughts on why that is such a significant uh, office to run for? You know, school board is local, and you can have the greatest impact by running for a seat that's local. And you can affect your city. You can affect the future generation there. Um, It's a small wheel. And so one person and one voice can have a a big impact in that small wheel um, locally. But if you multiply those small localities, you end up with a much greater impact uh, across the region. So I really encourage parents with conservative values and who want to see public schools maintain some Uh, morality and good character building to please get involved. Yes. Well said. All right. Well, one final thought here, Sherry. Um, What would your final encouragement be to parents? Parents, you're so important um, influencing your children. And they are away from you if you send them to public schools for many hours. So please be involved. You do have a responsibility to also um, give your input as to what they're seeing in schools. So please stay involved. Um, Be aware of homework, curriculum. Be aware of what your child is seeing because they spend those hours away from you. And so know that you 
um, have this really unique ability to um, engage and stay local in your public school system. Um, do it. It's really important. Just do it. Just do it. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.